This is the RevOps Recruiters Podcast, Episode 6, Building a Killer RevOps Team. Adam, how are you? I'm good, man. Big day around our house. My daughter turned 17 today, so celebrating her. That's fun. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to get going. Episode six yeah. today of the RevOps Recruiters that's podcast, right. um, where our mission is to provide insights and best practices around finding, hiring, and retaining top revenue operations talent. That's right. And so we're your hosts. You got David and Adam from RevSearch. And we got our cool little sign here, right? That our buddy Hayes made for us. That's right. It even lights up. That's right. Believe it it or not. It doesn't look great on camera. He's building us a nice one to go on the wall, but this is a good place to fill up for now. That's right. It's a preview. That's right. So shout out to Hayes. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, Well, great. So what are we talking about today, Adam? You know, really what we want to dive into today is how to build a killer revenue operations team. Ooh, this is a good one. I'm looking forward to this one for sure. Yeah. We've worked with companies on both sides of the fence. We've obviously dealt with a lot of individual contributors, right. but we've also helped companies scaling RevOps teams continue to build out those, uh, those teams underneath them. Yeah. So uh, we're going to share some insights today. Yeah. Yeah. So for let's sure. get right into it. So I think, you know, first of all, what I want to say out at the outset is that there's unlike you think about sports teams, a lot of times we think about team, I go to sports, right? Right. And if you're trying to build a baseball team or a soccer team, there's very specific roles. You, you kind of have to have those very specific it's different with RevOps. I think there are uh, frameworks, there are some best practices, and that's what we're going to share today. But it's not like building a sports team where you have to have these exact roles, otherwise it's going to fail. Um, and so really, we just want to talk about some of the things that we've seen that have worked with from other companies, folks that we've worked with. And hopefully there's some takeaways that our audience can use to figure out what's the right step for them. Yeah, that's great. Well, let's jump right into it. So Adam, what drives companies to progress from I see to building out that RevOps team. Yeah. So, you know, many times companies start first with that individual contributor that I see, right? Mm-hmm. And then they build into that team. And I think there's two driving factors that push them towards that. The first thing is capacity planning, yeah. right? They've reached a point where they need more from the team than what that individual can provide. So they're planning for some capacity. The second thing would be there's a gap in a specific skill set that they need. So, They need something from the RevOps team that that individual can't provide. Mm -hmm. Not that they're doing a bad job in their role, but they've got a very specific skill set that's missing and they need to fill that gap. Right. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. We hear this a lot from our leaders, you know, capacity planning. I'm just spread too thin. I got to this point where it just doesn't work anymore. I can't do this by myself. Right. right? Uh, So let's dive a little deeper into capacity planning. What, what are some of the things that we want to look at when we're, when we're focusing on capacity planning? And really, you know, I think, First of all, if we're thinking about capacity planning, I think the the time to begin evaluating this is the point at which the output from revenue operations is hindering revenue growth, yeah. right? There's more needed than what they can output. Again, they're probably doing a great job in the role. They just have their tap. They have more yeah. needs yeah. than what they can fulfill. Right. And so at that point, I think there's kind of three part questions or three questions that I like to ask. And mm-hmm. the first question that I want to ask is, is the need short-term or long-term, right? Yeah. And what I mean by that is, is what I need from the team, something that's going to live for a short period of time. We've got to just implement this one particular tool and we need heavy lift, but for six months only, you probably don't want to hire somebody for just a six month, right? Right. 
Or you may say, we've got to implement a lot of technology and we start with this one, but it's a lot. And so it's more of a long-term. So really right. evaluating, is it short-term or is it long-term? Because right. if it's short-term, you can probably handle it with consulting or a um, outside contractor. Yeah, There's yeah, other yeah. options before you hire somebody full-time. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. We, To your point, when you're saying, hey, well, it's a capacity issue, long-term versus short-term, what I immediately think about is we've we've worked with leaders that, come into a role and it's that initial rollout of of a yeah, CRM. Right. What do you what do most of our clients use? They use an outside That's resource right. to do that implementation. But then you get to a point where you start to build out that CRM and you just don't have enough time. You have that capacity issue and that's when that full-time administrator role somebody comes else, about, yeah. right? Yeah, that's a good example of that. Yeah. What else? What's the next thing we want to look at? You know, the next thing before we jump, I think the the risk there the the Sometimes what we see is people jump immediately saying, well, let's hire somebody. Yeah. But I think we should evaluate our system first. And we should say, and what I mean by the system, I'm not talking about the CRM itself. I'm talking about uh, what's our process for how we do updates and keep everybody up to date on what's happening. Mm -hmm. What we may find is that, gosh, we've got this RevOps person <laughs> that we're pulling into 20 hours of meeting as a week to update various people. And they can't get anything done because right. they're constantly in a meeting, right? right? So our system for updating there is kind of broken. So maybe we ought to fix that. Or maybe there's a piece of technology that we said, if we had this system for the RevOps team, it would allow them to be more efficient in the work that they do. And so we could get more throughput from this one individual. So evaluate the system first. Um, Jason Freed, I think that's who wrote, wrote a book a number of years ago that I read called, I think it was Rework was the name of it. And there was a line in there that stood out that said, only hire when it hurts. And so that's good. I always challenge people when I'm talking to them, hey, make sure you really need this. Make sure there's nothing else that if there's a system that can be optimized, optimize it. If it can carry the weight and allow the individual to be successful and to have more uh, productivity, by all means, let's go that step. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So when you're talking about a system, you're not necessarily talking about just a, a piece of technology. Right. You're, you're kind of going more broad. Very broad loose. With that, right? Very loose. Kind using of looking the word at the system. entire, hey, this is the system of RevOps and here are all the different parts within this system. And let's look there first yeah. to potentially unlock some you know, more capacity before we directly go into, hey, we need more headcount. Yeah, for sure. Got That's it. right. That's right. So what what's next? Now it's time to hire. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if we answer those two questions, it is mm -hmm. long term and we've already optimized our systems the best that we can. We've got to hire somebody. Then really the next thing I need to determine is what am I looking for in that individual, right? And yeah. we're going to talk about that here in yep. a few minutes, but what am I specifically looking at? So that's capacity planning, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's in the scenario where we the person that we have there is super talented. They can do a lot of different things. They just don't have the bandwidth to do it all. Got it. So we've talked about capacity planning, um, you know, coverage within that. What, you know, what, what are some of the things that this leader can or can't do? Now we're talking about maybe assessing the leader's skills. Yeah. And, and we see this a lot with leaders that look at, Hey, this is my strength within this overall. I'm a, I'm a generalist, but here, here are my strengths. So let's go into skills gap. Yeah. I mean, really in that scenario, right? So this is a situation where, again, the person's probably super talented at what they do, but they recognize, hey, here's a part of this role or a part of this function that I'm just not the best at. Mm -hmm. And if we were to bring in someone who's super talented at data analysis or mm -hmm. super talented at CRM administration, uh, we could fill that gap and that person can own that. And I can focus on the things that I'm really good at. So the second one is, is really skills gap. And, and, and we're going to ask ourselves kind of the same questions that we did before. 
uh, if I've got a skills gap, let's say I'm, here's an example. Let's say I need to implement a CPQ. To me, that's a skills gap. Maybe I don't know how to do that as the RevOps leader here. I've never done that particular implementation, Right. but it's short term. This is only going to last for some period of time. Again, probably not going to hire somebody full-time as an employee to do this. Very likely going to go out and find a consultant, contractor, someone to help with that. Yeah. Yeah. But if I am saying, hey, we need to implement a lot of pieces of technology and we're going to be working with some APIs and we might need to do some custom dev. At that point, we may be saying, okay, I need to add a full-time person here, but their skills need to be specifically around CRM work and as it relates to development inside that CRM. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now there's a skills gap and I got to fill that. Right. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. We see this We see this a lot in in dealing with leaders that come in and they start to assess, they start to look at what are the bigger needs. And then as those scale up, like you said, that rev systems yeah. manager specifically for systems and ing- integrations um, comes about. Yeah. And let me ask, and I don't think that you, if you're the hiring manager, that brought in that first generalist, that first person into that role. Yeah. And they get to the point where they say, okay, we now understand what RevOps looks like in our organization. And here's a need that we have that I can't, you didn't make a bad hire. That's not saying you made a bad hire. Not everyone can do every single function within revenue operations, right? And so them identifying, hey, here's a gap that we should look to fill is actually them bringing value to the team. And so don't think that you made a mishire because of that. They should be identifying places where they can move the team forward. Right. And we're not advocating for hiring on day one, right? Building right. out that team yeah. on day one. Yeah. We also want to say that. Yeah, let them work towards figuring right. out what is neat over time, building out what is ultimately Start to needed. prove it out. That's right. Prove it out. That's right. That's right. Excellent. So we've talked about you know, capacity planning. We've talked about skills gaps. So now we've evaluated these two things. We know we need to hire. Yeah. What now? Yeah. I mean, at this point, I think it's helpful to understand and think about who you hired in that first individual contributor role was very likely a generalist. They had a lot of different skill sets. But as you begin to build out that team, you're going to make that progression from generalist into probably hiring some specialists. And we'll talk about kind of how those are specialized. There's different ways that those people can be specialized. But there's this progression from a generalist into now a hiring specialist. Yeah, excellent. So we we, we know we need to build a team. Um, so how do we determine what specialists we need to look for? Yeah. So really there's probably two ways that I see companies looking for the now groups of specialists they need Mm -hmm. to hire. One of them is where they say, we're going to look to specialize amongst different sections of the funnel. And this is where we see companies where they have a revenue operations leader, someone who's owning full funnel, right? We always mm-hmm. advocate that That's right. revenue operations should be full, full funnel. Yep. But then they go and they say, okay, we're going to hire a marketing operations specialist directly underneath this revenue operations leader, right? Mm-hmm. And this person brings a skill set where they know about all the tech that's available for marketing. They understand KPIs, data analysis, metrics, things that should be measured as it relates to marketing, right? They understand uh, how to build processes and playbooks as it relates to marketing. So they're really a specialist in the marketing section of the funnel, but have a wide kind of generalist skill set across all those different functions of technology, data, uh, processes, those kinds of things, right? And then you might hire then a sales operations specialist. And I'm saying specialist, not as a title, but someone who specializes in sales operations. And then a customer success, right? So that's one way of going about it where 
the segmentation, the specialization is broken down by a section of the funnel that that individual very clearly understands and has experience with. So what I hear you saying is, you know, once you're at this kind of tipping point of, hey, you know, we're assessing uh, one way to look at it is the whole funnel and breaking down those disciplines sure. per the stages of the funnel and then hiring specific talent to own each portion of that funnel. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I think that's a lot exact, of sense. Because if we look at like the career tra trajectory of folks that we might be looking to hire or help mm -hmm. to get placed somewhere, right? Um, sometimes they've spent their whole career in marketing ops and they really, yeah. they, they can be a part of a rev ops team, but they really understand marketing ops. Like yeah. They get it. Yeah. And so they're a specialist in that area. Um, and they would be a great fit as a part of a team that's built out in a way that they segment their team amongst different stages of the funnel. Got it. Got it. The next thing is a specialist in a particular skill set. Yeah. Right. So yeah. let's unpack that a little so bit. So this would be kind of a whole different scenario, right? Mm -hmm. And this would be where. I'm looking to build a team and I know that I need some bandwidth, but I'm not looking for someone to specialize in any one section of the mm -hmm. funnel, but instead I'm asking for someone who specializes in a very particular skill set. So that might be, I need, we, we deal with a lot of data at our company. And mm -hmm. so I need someone who is specialized in being able to uh, manipulate data, extract insights, determine what the important KPIs are, build dashboards, reporting, present data, pull insights, and share with other folks. They're mm -hmm. a data analyst specialist. Again, okay. not title, yep. function. Uh, they're great at data. I'm not going to ask them to do anything in the CRM from a development standpoint. I'm not going to ask them to go and build processes and playbooks, right? right. That's not they're specialized in that very specific skill set, and they're going to apply it across the whole funnel. Right. So they're going to bring data and insights to the marketing side. They're going to bring it to the sales side, to the customer uh, success side. They're going to bring it to even renewal and uh, legal and you know anyone else that they're going to touch all of that, but they're a specialist in that skill set, right? Yeah. And that could be in technology. That could be in data. That could be in, uh, I mean, I've seen folks that are really good at developing and operationalizing the successes of individuals. So they can go into any team. It doesn't matter what the mm -hmm. team is. They can go in and they can say, hey, that person on the marketing team is driving results in a way that no one else is. Let me look at what they're doing. I find what they're doing. What they're doing is, is independently and uniquely theirs, but I can see how I can take that and extract what they're doing and turn it into something that's operationalized and bring it yeah. back to the entire marketing team. And now the whole marketing team gets better. Yeah. But they don't have to do – there's nothing special about marketing. It's their ability to see what's happening and take it and operationalize it. So yeah. they can do that with sales. They can do that with any other department across right. the, the company. Yeah. So, so what I'm hearing is if, if you're a leader in this, uh, in, in this function as a generalist and, you know, it, it really depends on what you're seeing as your, your weak spots or needs in, in skill set yeah. in this individual, you know, I, I mean, I think about stories of talking to candidates about this and, and hearing the way different candidates navigate this growing of a team. Yeah. And it, it really depends on where, where are the biggest pain points, right? Yeah, the bottlenecks. Yeah. Where, where, where are the bottlenecks? Yeah. And then realizing it could be also enablement, right? We see mm -hmm. a lot of it around data and, and systems administration as that skill set that, that usually gets hired for first. Yep. But we also see it in enablement, right? This training, planning, training, enabling, sellers right it really depends and that's why it's so yeah so fluid and that's why there's yeah there's no formula for what your team has to look like right right you're you're reacting to the needs of your organization because 
every RevOps leader is different. They're going to have a different set of skill sets and what they need to go from the point they're at to where they ultimately need to go is going to look different from the next person. From company to company That's too, right? right? What, yeah, are the, of course. what are the biggest issues? And that yeah. informs your hiring strategy That's too. It. That's it. That's great stuff. Let's go to the next uh, question here. So so now we know, so we've identified we have a need. Yep. We've looked at some of the different ways that we can look at this next hire, you know, based on funnel, based on skill set. So where do we go from here? Yeah, I think you know, probably the, the next thing that I'd say is it's great if a company can establish a rhythm of just evaluation, right? Yeah. So say, hey, every 90 days, we're going to sit down and we're going to look at, first of all, we're going to document well all the things that we asked RevOps team to do. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to document well what they got done. And we're going to look at that every 90 days and say, okay, I think that, we, that helps with prioritizing what projects they should be working on, what the needs are. But it also, if you see this thing keeps ballooning over, this list gets bigger and bigger and there's greater and greater needs. And it's not that this person isn't showing up and not doing their work. It's just that there's more needs yeah. for, from the business. Now might be a good time to start asking those questions, right? Yeah. And yeah. so if I have a rhythm of every 90 days or so, we're sitting down and we're looking at that. Then I go into that next set of questions that we had up above. Are these needs long-term or short-term, yeah. right? They're short-term. How do we get some help in here right now to help alleviate the pressure? Right. But then we can go back to the rhythm that we had before. If they're long-term, then is it system or is it people? Can we change the mm-hmm. system? If we can't, or it's already been optimized, let's find the people. And then if it's people, wh- who are those people? Are we looking for funnel specialists? Are we looking for skill set specialists, yeah. right? Determining what those are based on the need of your organization. And from there, I think you're going to be positioned well to go out and begin looking for that next hire. Yeah, yeah I couldn't agree more. I I want to add to that with, I think it it matters, a business case matters mm. in this yeah. situation. I think if you're a leader in this, communicate clearly and that 90-day rhythm, that, that yeah. helps inform that business case, right? Then you're starting to bring leadership into this and, and you can start to point to the different areas in the funnel and you can start to visualize, right? Talking yeah. about insights and visualization. This is where we need some visualization too. And, and I would add kind of as a final point here, show the ROI, Yeah. right? I've talked to leaders that have done this really well mm-hmm. and they, they found a, a certain part in the funnel and they were able to, you know, maximize output in some way and start to show some progress and start to show some numbers and revenue and, and ROI. And then went back to leadership and said, if we can position someone right here, yeah. based on my assessment, if we could position someone right here, we could maximize my current output yeah. and, and, and show those numbers, visualize, show we've, the ROI. We've already had success. Exactly. And we can, we can make that success exponential. That's right? it. Rather than just saying, I got more work than I can do. I need more people. Right. <laughs> right? Exactly. That's hard. It's a hard sell. Right. But if you come to him and say, listen, this is what we've accomplished with just this. And this is the return that we've gotten. Imagine if we put one or two more people here, how much faster we could see that return and how much more benefit we could have. Yeah. Leaders think they like ROI. Right. <laughs> they like, ooh, I invest X and I get X plus or X times back. Yeah. That sounds like a good deal to me. That's right lead with numbers, lead with insights and data. Yeah. And, and I, good things can come from that. That's right. So that's right. This was awesome, Adam. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, this was fun. I enjoyed it too. I hope that it's uh, again, if you're out there listening and you're kind of trying to figure out what is this going to look like? I'm ready to move. Hopefully this will give you a little bit of a framework that you can work through to figure out who that next person might look like. Excellent. Thank you everyone for choosing, you know, to tune in and yeah. 
Follow us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We will be here next week and once go again, at it again. That's it. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, have a great one, David. Thanks. You too, Adam. Thank you.